Amen. Shall we now take our scripture reading, which is chosen from Ephesians 4, the verse 25. Ephesians 4, 25. Are we there? Ephesians 4, 25. And I read, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Amen. The voice you hear would be that of Mrs. Miriam Dacke. Thank you. Amen. I thank God for a morning like this and the opportunity to be used by God as a vessel to share his word. I salute the senior pastor and his wife to the team of ministers in the house of God who diligently push the mission God Christ has left for us as a church to the deacons and the leadership in general. I say thank you for the opportunity and God bless you for the good work you are doing in the house of God. Amen. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you for this morning. Bless your name for your presence in our midst. Holy Spirit, it is time to hear and to share the word of God. You are the best teacher. We invite you, O Lord, to teach us, explain the word of God to us as individuals, in languages and in understandings that we can comprehend. And as a church, O God, as you build us up to be more rooted in Christ, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Since the beginning of this year, we focused on Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And if you look at the first three chapters, it basically talks about what Christ has done for us, where Christ moved us from, the death of the redemption Christ gave to us. And then from verse 4, it's talking basically about our response. If we have been moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life, then there's an expectation of us. And that is what Ephesians, I mean, from verse 4 talks about. And having been transformed from darkness into light, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old is gone. Behold, new has come. But the interesting part of it is that it doesn't come with a big bang, bang. Then the new man takes over. There is a deliberate effort that is required. There's something that we have to do. And that is what it tells us when you go through from verse 22. Today we focus on 25. But if you go up, I mean, and 25, say we should put off your old self. And put on the new self. 
So there's a putting off and there's a putting on. And that is what is required of us. There are certain things we are to put off and there are certain things we are to put on. It's interesting she spoke about the Brie girls because when we were in the Brie girls, we didn't have water. And so there was something we used to call POD. POD, polish on debt. There's not much water. And so you have a way to do the necessary washings. And then usually people who do POD, when you see them, they really spot on the thing, because you are trying to cover something. And that is what we used to call POD. Unfortunately, the call Christ has called us, there's no room for POD. Jesus cannot sacrifice his life for POD. You need to put something off and you need to put something on. And this morning, it brings us to verse 25. One of the things we are to put off is what Paul admonishes us this morning. So we go to 20, verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 4. And he says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Our topic this morning is so straightforward. It says, God hates dishonesty and lying. Full stop. God hates dishonesty and lying. And if I can borrow the language of the youth, it says, no long things. It is finished. God hates dishonesty and lying. And what is lying? Lying is making an untruth statement with the intent to deceive. So lying is an untrue statement. So it comes from the mouth. Then this dishonesty is deceitfulness shown in someone's character. So whilst lying is what drops out of your mouth, dishonesty is the action. And together they are the same thing. You are trying to present an image which is not what it is. In today's world, in the era of mobile phones, it's amazing the things we can say. And it's becoming like a standard. But this morning, God is calling us. Somebody stands at Tema. I remember one morning, I was standing, we were waiting for the bank to open. So you know that space, you are all standing there. The place is quiet, we are all waiting. Then someone gets a call. Then he picks the phone and said, Morning. And I was so shocked because we're standing at Tema. Maybe the only common factor is that they all have tea. You know, but how could Tema be tafo? I think I even gasped. Then I said, hey, it's not mine. He's talking, no, he's not talking to me. Mind your business. But that is the era in which we are. And this morning, God is reminding us that he hates lying and dishonesty. Are there any, is there any pink sheet available for us to see that God has really an issue with lying? Is there an evidence to support it? First, this morning, the first thing we want to look at, evidence of God's hatred for lying and dishonesty. If you look in Ephesians chapter 2, 2 to 3, it talks about the old way of life we were in. And it says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, 
among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. What are we saying? Lying attracts God's wrath. Lying was a part of the way of life in which we were. And Bible tells us that when we were there, we were by nature objects of God's wrath. Wrath is intense anger. And so God was extremely angry at us because the things we were doing were not things that pleased him. Lying, as we also see in John 8, 44, Christ was telling the, um, the people, the uh, Pharisees of his day, that when you lie, you are speaking the native language of the devil because he's the father of lies. And, and so if you lie, you are speaking the language of your father. Remember, Christ has bought us with a price and has translated us into the kingdom of light. How come we are speaking the language of the father of lies? So God looks at lies as one key aspect of the kingdom of darkness. And for that, his wrath remains on it. So it's an evidence to us that God hates lying and dishonesty. When we look in Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, I would love us to project that scripture. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, what other thing tells us that God hates lying and dishonesty? Lying is listed as part of the six things and seven things God hates and detests. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Now let's look at the things. He says, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So seven things are listed here. Two of them have to do with lies. The first one says a lying tongue, and then verse 19 says a false witness who pours out lies. So in listing the seven things God detests, God hates. This is direct. There's nothing embellishing it for you to do a deduction. It's so clear. Things God hates, he lists two of them. And two of them are lies. Two of those seven are lies. This is an evidence that God hates lies and dishonesty. Last week, we celebrated the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church. If you look in the Old Testament, if you want to see God acting fast, you disobey him, you do something, no, push, pa, the judgment comes immediately. So you see the Aaron, the sons of Aaron went to light on holy fire. Immediately, fire came from heaven and consumed them. Sons of Korah opposed Moses. The, the earth opened, it swallowed them. When Jesus Christ came onto the scene, we didn't see much of that. You don't see much of that in the new church. But when we go to Acts chapter 5, we see something. Ananias and Sapphira, we all know that story. 
They went to sell a plot of land. The believers were selling their possession and laying it at the feet of the apostles. So they go, Ananias went to sell his land. And with the full knowledge of his wife, that's what scripture tells us, kept some of the money. At that point, there was no problem. Then went to the apostles and presented it as if that was all. So that was where the lie came. And you know, maybe he presented it, so that would have been dishonesty. So Peter asked, is that all the money? Then when you say yes, then, oh, below that, oh, yeah, that's a lie. Immediately, Pam, he was gone. Then the wife comes, asks the same question, confirms what he and the husband has agreed to do. Immediately, she is also gone. That is the New Testament. I don't see much of that in the New Testament anymore. But that is an evidence to show us that it was as if God was saying, I'm not going to have time for this kind of lies in my church. I'm not going to have time for that. And God dealt with it drastically. We don't see that in the New Testament. But the time we see it in the New Testament, God is dealing with lies. And this alone should tell us that lies and dishonesty is actually hated by God. Today we are in God's church. We have something we call tithe. That's just the example I'll give. We have covenanted with God. And tithe, we have a covenant as a church. And it's at least a 10% of it. We don't go to, nobody knows the full details of your earnings like God. And always remember that we are God's children. And the Bible says it is he who gives us the ability to make wealth. So he gives us the ability to make wealth. He's giving us the wealth. And then we tell him by putting that, taking that envelope and lifting it up before God, we tell God this is the full tithe. Remember what Ananias and Sapphira, I mean, that's, it's almost close. Is that the full thing? Is that the full amount? And so, when we lift up our tithes to God and we bring it to the house of God, it's important for us to remember that it is God we are speaking to. And you know, when Peter was speaking to Ananias and Sapphira, he made an, an interesting statement. He said, it is no man you have lied to. It is God you have lied to. It is the Holy Spirit you have lied to. Because the church leaders, the administrators, they will not see what you earn. And they don't need to see. It is an issue between you and your God. This morning, are we living the truth with God? Are we being honest with God in that area and in other areas? In today's generation, I don't really know. We as a church or as a body of Christ, we have decided that we have categorized sins. We have major sins in our minds. Minor sins. I am sure that for most of us, if we are to ask us where does lying fall in this categorization we have done, unholy categorization, let me put it that way, lying will be nowhere near the upper radar. But this morning, what God is telling us that He looks at lies as a serious matter. Lying to ourselves. God looks at it like a serious matter. And it is critical for us in this day and age to remember that God hates lies. Because 
We are living in an era where we are all masked up. Masked. I don't know whether COVID didn't help us either. People are living fake lives on social media. And I pause and I say to the young men and young women, this makes it critical and imperative that you cannot do matri makwe with your marriage partner. You can't. Because a lot of people are masked and they are, we are walking about. You don't know the real person we are dealing with. But we have the Holy Spirit. We as children of God cannot walk and grope in darkness. Because we have the Holy Spirit who is able to lead us into all truth. No matter how the person has masked said, then Holy Spirit is able to reveal it. So I ask you, you are want to marry. Have you sent that partner to the Holy Spirit and checked? Or you have checked it by your human standards. Please listen to me. I didn't say, have you asked the prophet? Am I saying, have you asked the Holy Spirit? Because he is our guide into all truth. In this day and age, because of the era we are living in, if you joke, you are committing suicide by not asking the Holy Spirit for help. You need to ask him to guide you. Because we have all maxed up. I'm sure you have seen that fruitily orange uh, advert where the lady comes into the guy's house and the guy says, feel free. Then the lady removes her wig. Then the guy goes in there and comes back and the lady says, you said I should feel free so I remove my wig. Then the guy says, okay, then here we go. The guy removes a wig. How many men wear wig? Then you see a well-constructed motorway on his head. Then he goes on to remove the beard also. And they all begin to laugh. That is a dramatization of the era we are living in. Fake lives, lies. But we as children of God are being called to separate ourselves from such things. One, and to be able to survive, you need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So this one is just an aside I'm saying to the young men and women. Amen. Amen. So we have seen the fact that there's sufficient evidence to support the fact that God hates lying and dishonesty. Why is it important to tell the truth at all? Because it is the language of our new kingdom. It is the language of our new kingdom. Truth is a requirement of the new nature. So you see people in Ghana, they go to US for one year. When the person comes and begins to talk, you will know that he, has, he is from there. We have come to Christ for so many years. If we had gone to US by now, I would be slanking our way to the next trip. God is requiring of us that as children of God, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, we should speak the language of the new kingdom we have come. Why is it important to speak the truth? It is important to speak the truth because it is a requirement of our new nature and it is a language of the new kingdom. Amen. We are members of one body. If you look at the Ephesians 4.25 we read, it is talking, it spoke about the fact that we should speak the truth to our neighbor because we are members of one body. Can you imagine me telling my mouth, my hand right now? Hand. You are in Canada. Hand, you are in Canada. It, it, it doesn't gel. Because they know my hand is here with me in Shiashi. And he knows we are all in Shiashi. 
But I'm telling my hand I'm in Canada. It doesn't work. It's funny. That's what God is telling us. Let's begin to look at it that way. We are members of one body. Telling the truth to your neighbor is like telling the truth to yourself. We are putting off falsehood and we are speaking the truth to ourselves, each other. And as we say that we are encouraging ourselves to speak the truth to ourselves, it's important also to advise. They say, Utu or Ubetu or something like that. So let us make it easy for ourselves to be open with each other. Research has shown that parents who are overly critical with children, you, are, you get children to begin to lie. Because if he knows that he comes to tell you the truth, and you'll be extremely harsh, the child will find solace in lying. Same way, we are children of God. We have not reached yet. We are all struggling. One day at a time, we are putting the things off one at a time. And so I will make a mistake. I will fall. How do you treat me when I fall? How do you treat the other person when he falls? If you are so critical, then I will lie. I will mask up. Although that is not what Christ is telling us, what I'm saying at this point is, let's make it easy. Let's make it, I mean, let's facilitate that environment that allows people to be open about themselves and to speak the truth. We are in God's house and we are growing together so that we all reach unity. We are members of one body. So let's speak the truth to each other. Amen. When we speak the truth, what are the benefits? It shows to the world we are the children of God. There should be a difference. There should be a difference. We are the light of the world. So when we begin to speak the truth to each other and people see us as truthful, it is a testimony and it shows to the world we are children of God. I know of a man and I, he worked years ago. He's on retirement now. I know the man personally and at a point the story is told that in the crunch of things, the chief executive will say, let me ask Asumisi. I'm sure if I mention the man's name, many people know him because he's the far, one of the fathers of SU in this country. He said, let me ask him because he will tell me the truth. What a testimony. What a testimony. Let us speak the truth because it shows that we are children of God. Amongst ourselves, it builds trust and unity. It builds trust and unity. I can rely on what you tell me because I know you definitely tell me the truth. And it builds trust and unity amongst ourselves. And you know, when you look at Psalm 133, it tells us the effect of unity. When there's unity in God's house, Bible says God commands his blessing, even life forevermore. So as we speak the truth and build trust and unity, we open the gates of God for his blessing. We open up God's blessings upon ourselves. So truth builds trust and unity. And the third point I say is that it opens up God's blessing. Let's look at Zachariah 8, verse 14 to 16. Zachariah 8, 14 to 16. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Just as I had determined to bring disaster on you, and showed no pity when your ancestors angered me, says the Lord Almighty. So now I have determined to do good again to Jerusalem and Judah. Do not be afraid. Verse 16. 
These are the things you are to do. These are the things you are to do. So plural things you are to do. First one, speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Isn't it instructive that when God is saying he wants to do good to us and he's telling us the things that they should do, the first thing he speaks about is we speaking the truth to each other. So speaking the truth to each other opens avenue for God to do good to us. This morning, as we enter into the month of June, God wants to do good to us. And he's asking us to speak the truth to each other so that he's be able to pour out his goodness onto us. As I prepare to write by one of the things, greatest lies you can tell yourself, you are supposed to speak the truth to each other as children in God's house. But one of the greatest lies you can lie to yourself is to say you are a child of God when you are not. So you might be sitting here coming to church and you say, I am a Christian. That is a lie. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you cannot say you are a child of God. And so you might be coming here all the time. If you have not made that decision for Christ, you are living a lie. How do you speak the truth to yourself in that case? The way to become a Christian is to accept that you are a sinner. You cannot save yourself. And the wages of sin is death. That is why God allowed Christ to come and pay the price by dying on the cross and saving our souls. So if you accept the finished work of Christ on Calvary, then you can stop living that lie. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And then you can truthfully say, I am a child of God. Then you come and join the family where we are putting off and putting on. Amen. What am I saying this morning? As I bring my message to a close, what am I saying this morning? What I have tried to say to you and to show you the evidence on the pink sheet, as it were, that God clearly hates lying and dishonesty. He expects us as children of God to put off every lie and speak the truth to each other. Speaking the truth engenders trust and harmony in God's house and opens the door for God to shower his blessing and goodness upon us. It shows forth to the world that we are children of God because we are speaking the language of the kingdom of God, which is the truth. Are you a child of God? If you are a child of God, this morning God is calling you you cannot be speaking the language of the devil. You cannot be speaking the language of the kingdom of darkness because he bought you at a price and translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You can show him gratitude by learning the language of the new kingdom and speaking it all the time in spite of what the world is saying. It is my prayer that as we daily put off and put on 
will continually put off lying and dishonesty and put on truth as God is requiring of us. God bless us as we commit to do so. Amen. Amen.